Are they wrong, though? That's what America was founded on. America is literally white supremacy. Are they wrong when they're saying that us diversifying and us talking about how this is wrong is attacking their beloved, quote unquote, America? Welcome to Black Girl Voices, a podcast created to cultivate change through conversation, community, and education while centering, uplifting, and amplifying the voices of Black women, girls, and femmes. Here we will talk about everything from trending topics to Black history to our own personal experiences as Black women. It's like a coffee chat with your best girlfriends. We will laugh, cry, keep it real, and most importantly, get uncomfortable. We are your hosts, Siobhan Montgomery Haynes and Caroline J. Sumlin. Come on in, girl. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome back to Black Girl Voices. I'm Caroline J. Sumlin. And I'm Siobhan Montgomery Haynes. And we're in for a little bit of a treat. Um, We have started school, or I'm assuming everybody has started back uh, school by now, by the time you guys are listening to this. And one thing we know that won't be taught in the curriculum this year, um, I laugh, but really I'm laughing through our pain at this point. Um, one thing we know that won't be taught in schools this year is um, critical race theory. Um, we've got a lot to say about that, but I feel like um, Caroline being a edu- well, I, I would say former educator, former educator in the school system, but a current educator, I'm going to kind of let her navigate us through that a little bit, kind of like, first of all, what critical race theory is, what's going on with it, um, and and c- kind of let us know what's going on. So Caroline, what, tell us what's going on, girl, because I'm, even I'm lost. What, what's happening? Well, I think the first thing to really understand is that at this point, what most people are talking about when it comes to critical race theory is not technically real critical race theory. Um, every single time there is some sort of point in the direction of even just inclusive education. Okay. There's like this, <gasps> it's critical race theory. Oh my gosh, right. everybody run. Not necessarily true. But that being said, let's actually talk about what critical race theory is. So critical race theory um, I actually feel really stupid because I, I should have like my notes in front of me, but I, I actually don't. And I, I've researched this, I've studied it. Um, <clears throat> but critical race theory is essentially a, it, it stemmed from a theory that was being studied, that was called critical law theory. It was created by some law students, I want to say in the 80s. Um, but essentially it is it is the attempt to and and correctly answer systemic the answer the big fat why around the existence of systemic racism in our country okay, okay? so what it essentially is is the answer to what systemic racism is and how it has impacted our entire society. Okay. Okay. So it talks about the fact that, you know, race is a, so is a, is a social construct. Critical race theory is what essentially discovered that through its research and taught us what we already, what, what we, we didn't already know that it was a social construct because obviously none of us were around in the 1600s when, you know, the first enslaved Africans were brought to our country. And just to give a wee bit of a background for those of you that don't know about the history of the actual social construct of race. So I don't have all the facts. I'm not the historian on this, but from my research, um, the social construct of race takes us back to the first enslaved Africans arriving in the North American part of uh, the United the, the United States part of North America, um, and because the the first justification for slavery was actually religion. Okay, so it's heavy. What 
it, it, <laughs> we're, well, we're gonna break that down another episode in another yeah. episode okay because <laughs> that's heavy the whole nother situation <laughs> i've got a lot to say about that but keep, keep going keep going so the so religion christianity specifically it was white european at the time they didn't consider themselves to be white so we'll say european anglo-saxon right german um english whatever whatever okay anglo-saxon people right who were christian who believed themselves to be quote-unquote civilized more civilized than the africans that they saw in africa the indigenous peoples they saw here whom they assumed and, and immediately said these are heathens because heathen at the time was a term used for people that were not christian so they looked at them and said heathens they are not christian we have the right to them we have the right to them and their land because we are christian and we are better so before the i am better whole you know philosophy thought pattern belief etc that we now see with race was originally from european christianity okay so they bring the enslaved africans here and essentially there became kind of like a debate about all right well as christians we should you know we should evangelize we should be doing what the bible says which is to evangelize make disciples of all nations bring people to christ so what happens if we convert these africans to christianity i can't enslave my christian brother or sister mm. so race comes into play this the uh, the actual idea from race came from the spanish inquisition and the portuguese and there was some sort of you know communication from the portuguese and, the, and they essentially i don't know if they they sought their help i don't remember i don't know exactly what i researched as far as like how they received the information but i will say that it was the spanish and the portuguese that were like you should create races in order to create the hierarchy so that it's not whether you're christian or not that you're enslaved but it's whether you are of brown skin or of white skin so they created three races they were originally the negroid race the caucasoid race and the mongoloid race and then everyone that was of the negroid race was to be enslaved so that's how we actually have race now mongoloid was anyone that was of asian descent indigenous wasn't even considered because they just erased them felt like right. you know who are took you over. took over um and of course caucasoid was anyone who was caucasian white okay so that's just a brief background of that so that's why in critical race theory the theorists through their research factually so state that race is a social construct so essentially you know they created that 400 years ago but obviously we're 400 years removed or even you know in the early 1900s and the 1800s you know after slavery etc like that 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 conversation is not like that was remembered okay at this point the social contract of race had been very much institutionalized into our society so no one really knows like i know i know i don't know about you but for me growing up i didn't know race was a social construct Absolutely. i no that wasn't even that wasn't even a discussion that wasn't a discussion. probably until this podcast right no i'm kidding but still <laughs> right exactly like it's not like i didn't know that all of a sudden like, i just figured that i mean honestly i was i was raised to believe that black people were inferior not because my parents told me that but because society told me that you know right. that we're just black we're inferior we're thugs we're ghetto we're we're criminals we're we're all these things that are terrible and and you just gotta try to try to make it in this world and well, you're good luck. by your bootstraps and do the best you can yes exactly you know um i feel like my my intelligence today is not that great like i feel like i don't have big words but um i hope i'm making oh, sense to you guys you just full lesson so i mean it's better than i would have given so <laughs> let's appreciate that that it's caroline explaining this okay go go ahead so so critical race theory was the ones that discovered the social construct of race that hey this was a made-up thing there was no biological you, you know makeup genetic makeup that says that people of the caucasian persuasion 
are better than people that are not of the Caucasian persuasion. That the hierarchy here that exists is all because it was created in order, just because people that happen to be white happen to say, I think we're better, let's make a way to keep us better. That's pretty much in the the most layman terms, that's what that is. Essentially, it was made up so there would be an excuse for Christians to keep their slaves. Really, that's essentially what it was. So, okay, so then let's let's bring it back to today. Mm -hmm. So critical race theory then by the definition and kind of the lesson that you just taught us, that's not even what we're talking about with schools here. We're not even talking about them really teaching critical race theory, just kind of them teaching black history in general, um, teaching, you know, the morals and the values and, and, and things like that behind race. Um, so is that what people are upset about? Because I don't think that they're going to be teaching elementary school uh, kids about the real critical race theory here. Right. Yes and no. I mean, there. so the other aspects of critical race theory are the fact that, you know, of course, what is systemic racism? The fact that we, that our society is a system of racism, that every single structure in our society exists to keep power with white people and to oppress and marginalize people of color. So that is the other part of that is, of course, there's the one, there's the social construct part of it. And then there's two, there's the system of it, right? Which together equals racism. So the fear that white parents have, that's what makes them so against critical race theory is that they don't want anything that could potentially teach their child to feel bad for being white as if racism is their fault. So basically there's the, the defensiveness and the right to white comfort that is the, uh, that are two traits of white supremacy culture. And, and, and of course there's the underlying power hoarding too. There's, you know, shoot, like, you know, teach those black folks. They just got to do everything the right way and they'll make it in life. They don't, they don't want to take any sort of fault or responsibility. They don't want their, their kids learning that because they are white, that they automatically benefit from white supremacy. So they, when they hear you're white, you benefit from white supremacy. You're white, you benefit from white privilege. You, if you're not actively anti-racist and you are actively perpetuating systems of racism, they hear you hate me because I'm white. You're being racist against me, which is not true. You are making me feel bad because I was born white and, and you're making me feel bad for something my ancestors did I have no control over. So that's where the controversy comes in, which is actually, and, and is, that, is that what critical race theory teaches? Yes. Is that what they're learning in school? Absolutely no. not. Great. They're not learning that in school, but they are looking at, I, I can't say specifically because every single week, because we live in the United States of America, we know that education is not something that's controlled by the federal government overall, as far as everyone in every single state learns all the same standards. Everyone in every single state learns all the same curriculum. And it's ever Each, changing too. It's ever changing, of course, in every state and every school district. And every, everyone has the ability to make their own decisions, right? Which has pros and has cons. It is what it is. That's America. So um, I can't speak for what all the school districts are, you know, going to do or what, what they're not going to do. But essentially, um, what, what, the, what a lot of school districts have been um, looking into, if, if they, let's, put, let's, let's say it this way, if they were to decide they wanted to take more of an anti-racist approach to their education, looking at finding ways to teach in an age-appropriate manner that there are, these are the systems that exist, historically speaking, not just Martin Luther King Jr. helped end the civil rights movement and we all live happy, happily ever after. But let's actually historically look at the truth behind exactly what happened from generation to generation and how our society, how our government, how our nation has purposefully marginalized people of color and, and being able to lead to actual critical thinking conversations. Why do we see the level of crime that we do in communities of lower income? Why do the communities of lower income happen to be primarily of color? Let's actually study things like redlining that are not taught in schools. Let our act, let's right, actually the crack study. epidemic and, and right. What Black was Wall the Street. actual war on drugs? The war on drugs, you, you can teach that like it was our, our white savior president's way of just cracking down on drugs and saving lives and white savior complex, or you can teach the truth which is that it wasn't a direct attack on 
on the black community and another way to criminalize the black community on purpose and to fear monger, right. et cetera, et cetera. And it's all how the government literally funneled drugs into these black communities. Exactly. Exactly. And of course, like, you know, even like the differences between sentences between crack and cocaine. So hmm. it's teaching the truth. That's, that's the thing. If, if we're, if we're actually implementing a critical race theory type of education or an anti-racist type of education, it is teaching the truth and white parents do not want their children to learn the truth because in their minds, they're like, if my children learn the truth, then number one, it, 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 of course, there's always number one, there's always the fear of the loss of power from white folks that they believe that they essentially are entitled to because that's what our society has taught them. And then of two, mm-hmm. there's like this whole, I want to, you know, I shouldn't have to feel the white guilty. fragility, the white fragility. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's essentially what it is. But now what it's, now I will say this though, what it's led to now is now school districts that, a lot of school districts after last year, last summer, 2020, were looking at ways to make sure that their teachers and their staff, especially even before doing it in curriculum, but that just their teachers and staff were, you know, actually learning about inclusivity, learning about equity, learning about the systems and structures that are that are impacting their students of color and learning how white supremacy is perpetuated in schools so that was where the first much how they can better better serve their community of students yeah exactly and parents were outraged by teachers learning this stuff number one and then number two any sort then it became an attack on any sort of black history education on racism at all which is what you now see in what happened with texas so it went from one what went from of course the, you know not even wanting to see the truth but now it's attacking everything now it's we're not even morally no excuse me we're not even um legally obligated that educators in texas are not even obligated they're, they're not required to teach even well, aren't the they getting fined now? Like, isn't there some something word going around about women? Um, sorry, not women, but teachers being fined if in certain states or something if they find out that they're teaching critical race theory. I will be honest with you. I haven't. I I haven't seen that as far as I haven't read any direct articles in my research that has said that, but I won't say it's not mm-hmm. happening because I do know that teachers have been speaking out about the backlash and the hurdles that they are met with. Right. And the fear that they have because it the 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 legal documentation might say teachers aren't required to teach something. But then it also says, but so if you choose to teach it, you must teach it in a way that that doesn't make anyone feel like they are racist. Right. Essentially, and there's there's oh, so defeating many disclaimers. The point. <laughs> defeating the whole point. Right. There's so many disclaimers that the teacher's like, I can't even touch this because any way you shake it, if I mention it, there will be a problem. So it's right. ra- that's how they, you know, that's how white supremacy is. You write the rules in such a way where it's like they on paper it looks like I didn't tell you you couldn't do it. That's what white folks think about black folks right now. Nobody says black folks can't. Yeah, black folks can do everything I can do now. There's no Jim Crow laws anymore. But they don't read the fine print. The fine print that's They don't there. read the exactly. fine print. Right. And the fine print is what is really definitely causing a headache. Because there's a lot of teachers out there that want to do better and, and want to do this. And they're like, well, crap, I can't do it now. I think for me, it's the hypocrisy for me. It's the... I'm a patriot. I love this country. I love our history. I don't, they don't want to tear down any statues or anything because they love their history so much. And in that same breath, you don't want to talk about the real history because black history is history, no matter where you try to shake it. Right. So if you love this country so much, you're such a, you, you know, your team USA, then you would not be against our children learning the real history because now can can we not talk about like the KKK being morally wrong and um and, and things like that or am am I miss no you're right that? you're right. right that is that is that is no longer allowed to be taught you cannot teach that the KKK was morally wrong and that, that one was like 
Right. Because if you don't believe that, what's the problem with that? Like that, that's, that shouldn't be controversial. If you're not a part of the KKK, you don't believe in the KKK, you don't support the KKK. What is so bad about saying that that was morally wrong? It was morally wrong that they sought people out and hung them and put burning crosses in their yard and bombed their houses and said, what is, what's, what are we debating about that? I mean, honestly, I I feel like the, the, the truth is that the the majority of I'm 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 like treading lightly here. Um, but why? Because that's not what we're mm. here to do. We're here we, to we don't do that on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We don't tread lightly. <laughs> so go ahead and get uncomfy. What did you have to say, Caroline? Say First that again. <laughs> not uncomfy. Get uncomfy. No, go ahead and get uncomfy. <laughs> anyone say uncomfy before yes listen I didn't completely turn off the parenting yet okay (laughs) what time is it it's nine I actually should be Siobhan and not mom right now but anyways go ahead go ahead um you're trying slightly but why no I think I think the truth is that the majority of of white people that are against critical race theory and any and that are that are the same ones that you know vote for um voter suppression that are the same ones that um, are obviously, you know, very conservative usually, um, and pretty much just, you know, believe in racism and are racist themselves, obviously. Um, I, I really do think that they 110%, this is their country to them. Oh yeah. It's their country. That that's what I'm trying to say. They, they think this is, this is, this is my country. This is about everything has to be, about, be grateful to be here. We, exactly. Much. If you are a person of color, be glad that you're even here. Be grateful for the fact that we even did what we did so you can even be here right now. Kind of mm-hmm. kind of attitude. Um, so um, I feel like this should be a more, I, I feel like, like in a way I feel rather stupid as I feel like this is not as scholarly of a conversation as I expected it to be. But, um, but no, but you know, that's why, I feel like that's why we're here though because there's so many academic articles and things that I feel like, a lot of people, you know, our listeners, especially, they shy away from even taking in that information because it's so much to take in because of the way it's written. So to be able to just sit here and have like a casual conversation about it. And I mean, of course, we're not going to touch all of the, there's no way we could touch all of the surfaces. And, you know, we might be doing a tad bit of a disservice (laughs) to, to the lesson in general, but just to be able to sit here and have a casual conversation about it and to try to break it down so that it's digestible for people. So they get even the slightest bit of understanding is, is, you know, what we're here for. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I tend to beat myself up when I'm not I have these expectations for myself that I set that I need. We're to not stop. doing that here. Girl. And I need to stop that. Um, but um, one thing else, one, excuse me, one other. So, well, let me back up and say that. So there's, there's the camp of you just, you know, bigoted racist people that, right. again, they, they, their patriotism is to white America. They're there. They believe there's rallies, unite the right rallies, white nationalist rallies. They believe that, critical race theory, anti-racism, diversity, inclusion is an attack on them as white people and it's an attack on their country. And they believe they need to take their country back because they believe that America belongs to white people. But you know, are they wrong? Are they wrong? And uh, I know, let me explain before people click off. Are they wrong though? That's what America was founded on. America is literally white supremacy. Are they wrong when they're saying that us diversifying and us talking about how this is wrong is attacking their beloved quote unquote America? America has been every single thing that they say it's been since since we were forced here. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> when you said when you said that, I got a lump in my throat. Like I had to look away for a second because that's very real and that's very deep and it's you know they they came and they stole it from the indigenous people that had beautiful culture here that they had cultivated and tended to this land and they just erased brutally erased and demolished in a beautiful people of of a beautiful population of people that were created by the lord um 
regardless if they believe in God or not. I believe that they were created by God because I'm a Christian, but who cares if Christian right. or not? Like they're they're human beings. It doesn't freaking matter. Like they're human beings. And they had a culture. They had tribes. They had they had a whole life. And they in the and 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 th- that 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 prideful power hoarding, I'm better than you are attitude that has that is literally like you said, what our country is founded on. Like, I don't know why it is that 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 attitude even has to exist because it's just so dehumanizing for the rest of us that don't have white skin. Mm. It it sucks no. because it, 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 as a black person, I, it makes me feel displaced because because we're the descendants of slaves. We're not we're not Africans. You and I are not Africans. I, I don't exactly. you know. What I'm saying? Oh, yeah, we have African ancestry. But we are not directly, I can't, I'm not Nigerian. I'm not Ethiopian. I'm not Congolese. Like my best friend is Congolese. Like she has a culture. Like she has a whole culture outside of their immigrants. Like we're not immigrants. We're right. defensive slaves. Like, so it's we, like we, where is home? Where is home? Where is home? It was never here. So we're, we're displaced. Um, you know, and, and indigenous peoples are displaced. Everyone else that, that came here as people of color came here out of, voluntarily came here. Indigenous people were here first. Everyone else voluntarily came here. And then here we are. Yeah. And we're just trying. And at, at this point, it's like, well, we're here now. So we can either fight for things to be made right. Yeah. And, and, and for yeah, to fight to exist and fight to be able to exist without, without having to walk around in fear because of who we are. Or we can just succumb to succumb to it and just allow ourselves to just be oppressed and be be hated and be hunted and be and I feel like all I, those things until we get to heaven. I teeter between that line of wanting to fight so strongly for what we deserve and then just not fighting it and just wanting to just exist and get through it 100%. until until you know the place that I know that Jesus has prepared for me because it's it's draining man it Mm -hmm. is even to like make these these episodes like it's so therapeutic and it's healing and it's great for you know for us to be able to talk but like I hate that we have to talk about it like I hate that my children or you know my son's going into middle school and um we just had orientation and I didn't get to talk to the social studies teacher but like in my mind, I was wondering, like, what kind of history are they going to be teaching him? You know what I mean? And and deep down, I already know it's it's all about history of people who don't look like him. Because where was his existence? Where is his existence still? But it's just it's very exhausting. And so I feel like I teeter the line. And I mean, and and one thing I just wanted to note too is we're talking about you know this whole thing and schools and stuff. I don't want our teacher listeners to be to feel attacked because Mm. we know that this is not a teacher problem this is a system problem yes um there's so many teachers I know you probably have come in contact with but I know me myself on social media have had so many teachers like express their frustration Mm -hmm. and just how disheartened they feel and how bad they feel for their students and you know their hands are tied their hands are literally tied and so um, I just want to make that clear that this is not an attack on educators. This yeah. is this is an attack on the system. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I um, as a former school educator, I was blessed to spend three years working in um, urban school district. So my school was ninety nine point nine 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 percent black students mm-hmm. and teachers, um, and then I spent two years working in a ninety nine point nine nine percent white school. Very, students, very different students and teachers <laughs> and god that was traumatic um that was very traumatic for me um that's another episode for another time because that was that no there was a lot of racism that happened that might be a patreon episode that's a patreon episode because i have some trauma there Ooh, we'll Lord. probably be crying there too um <laughs> if you're a patreon listener you already know that we cry on our episodes but anyway <laughs> um but anyway, with, with the school that, you know, with the school that I taught in, in D.C. public schools, which is a predominantly black school district, um, there was never, I mean, of course, now this wasn't particularly occurring when I was there, but at the same time, like, 
I mean, I, I, I went to a school where the only colleges you saw on the wall were HBCUs. Okay. Like where the only photos and the only pictures and the only paintings that you saw was black history. That was, that, that was what we did. Cause it's a black school district. It's a place for them to see themselves. It's, exactly. The world. And it sucks to feel like you have to stay segregated in order for that to happen. Mm. And, and, and that, that's what, that's what, that's, that's, that's what I'm coming to, 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 to terms with. And it's, it's, that's a heavy, it's a, it's a heavy feeling because you don't yeah. want to say, you're not saying in any way, let me clear this up. You're not saying in any way that you're like calling for, for segregation. You're just saying it feels like when we're in segregated spaces, we're safer. That's when we're safer. That's when we see ourselves. That's when our children are able to see, oh, I can go to college too. Look, these college students look like me or, oh, wow, I was a part of history too. Like these people in history look like me. I was more than just, for me, it's, I was more than just a slave because I'm tired of my children going to school and the only part of themselves they see is in slavery Mm. because we were more than just slaves. We were more than what you made us. Yes, you more know what I mean. We and, were and so the Jim much Crow more than era that. too. And the right. Jim Crow oh, yeah, era, that like, too. I'm sick and tired of seeing that. Like, yeah, it's that's even with that's, the movies. Like, I won't get started with that. But if I see, we don't need another slavery movie, okay? Like, if you need to to see black trauma and black pain to feel empathy for black people, there's something wrong. Mm. There's enough of that. We got enough documentaries. Go watch one of those. We don't need any more of that. But anyway, let me not get off on a tangent. But yeah it's 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 definitely a heavy thing um you know and it's it's why I'm at a crossroads with like how to educate my own children my children are younger than yours well my well kind of yeah because your youngest is still older than my youngest so I have a four-year-old and I have a two-year-old so we're not uh eligible for kindergarten for another year so I have a year to homeschool um to be my second year of homeschooling to figure out like all right is what we're really gonna do that's so hard. Uh, my heart, my heart, and and my my spirit and my soul, all of me wants to homeschool. I want it to be this beautiful, lovely thing. But there's things to think about because, I, of course, with homeschooling, like okay, I can I can curate the kind of curriculum that I want to teach my kids. I can I can decolonize as I'm raising them and all these things, and I don't have to worry about them being indoctrinated into white supremacy when they go to school. Right? Sounds right. like a no-brainer. But on the other hand, homeschool is more racist than public school. Yay! It's more racist than public school. It's more racist than public school. Because... Oh my gosh, yes, the curriculum. So, okay, because I don't want this to be too long of an episode, lightly touch on that, on on the curriculum that came out. Um, You have a whole post on this. So, of course, our, uh, our social media names are in the show notes. You can always go check it out there. But lightly touch on the new curriculum that came out and pretty much what it what it entailed what the problematic yeah. parts of it entailed that's that's a loaded question um <laughs> but there is a christian cu- curriculum i'm going to say the name of it because there might be say some it, homeschoolers girl. out there that are listening to this it's called the good and the beautiful um it is one of the most popular christian curriculums out there for homeschooling and it's also created by the founder of the of the curriculum is actually lds so if you don't know what lds is that's latter-day saints which is all, also known as mormon so mormon christianity is actually very racist they actually believe that their whole existence is um that the existence of black people is because we were all cursed by is that ham maybe i forgot mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't i don't really care to know but right they really they really do believe that um so that was actually the reason why i never use a good and beautiful because when i found out that the that the, that the founder was mormon i was like eh, er, er, no i already know that that's false doctrine i don't care even every video out there could have said like yeah, but we don't really, you can't really tell there's Mormonism. It, yes, yes, there is. Sit down. So number right. one, that was a big red flag for me. So I never use a curriculum. However, this is a curriculum that, you know, is widely used in the, in the homeschool community. The homeschool community in general is very, very Caucasian. There are black homeschool. Listen, we got some black homeschoolers out there. We have communities online. You can just look for black homeschoolers hashtag on Instagram. You will see yes. beautiful black homeschooling families doing the dang thing, right? So don't don't get it twisted. But of and course, I love following y'all. Homeschool is not for me. I'm not about my <laughs> life, but I love following y'all. I love uh, seeing y'all raise y'all's beautiful black babies. But go ahead. I love it. Um, 
you know, so, so it's out there, but of course it's, we're, we're, we're always going to be a minority, especially in a situation right. like where, where it is a privilege if you're a black homeschooler, because mm-hmm. most black families do not have that capability to You've be got able to stay home, to be able to stay home. We've got, you know, moms working two, three, four, five jobs. You've got, you know, they, they it's, it, we, we definitely, um, definitely know how much of a privilege that we have to be able to do what we're able to do. So because we are, you know, few and far between, it's very in, in and of itself, it's just a very white dominated community pretty much no matter where you are, unless you are kind of like in the inner city where you just happen to be already happen to be in a more populated black area. So I will say that's part of it. And because everything is so white washed with homeschool as well. I mean, there's no curriculum out there that's been created by a black person. There's no curriculum out there created by a person of color. And so, and if you're, if you are somebody who is a Christian, which is a lot of black Christians out there, you, you might, I was excited at the, at the, at first I was excited about, finding Christian curriculum. That was one of the first things I was excited about when I came to homeschooling. I was thinking to myself, you know what? I think I would love to do a Christian curriculum because how great would it be to incorporate scripture and incorporate, you know, um, incorporate the Lord into math, into reading, into into all these things. I thought so, so blindly of it. I'm just thinking Christian, beautiful, great. All Christianity is awesome. You know, I'm just, I love the Lord. Yay. So I look at the good and the beautiful at one point. I look at other Christian curriculums. The thing is, it's not just the good and the beautiful. There's other Christian curriculums out there. Sunlight, Abeka, My Father's World, um, um, Master Books that are, that are all very racist. So mm-hmm. what happened is this particular curriculum, they created a, a history course. The good and the beautiful. The good and the beautiful created okay. a history course. A, a con- it was called, actually, they have a history course. They created a constitution and government course. And in this course, the way they promoted it, they promoted it very political, a very political agenda. They talked about how our, um, you know, our country in the last two years, everyone's been rebelling against the founding fathers. Everyone's been saying the founding fathers are, are terrible. They didn't say these words exactly, but we can leave some videos in the show notes for you guys to look at what they said. Um, but it was very obvious their agenda was you know, um, essentially what, what, what conservative Christian, what, what conservative people do, they, they, they find any attack on the founding fathers, any attack on the constitution, any attack on, on the the government is is attack against the great nation. Exactly. So that's what drives their racist agenda. So they, they, they came out with these videos that, that I already felt so icky just watching them because I knew what their agenda was. Their agenda was to create a course that would teach this glamorized, you know, version of the constitution and glamorized version of, of the government that was basically praise all, praise it all. And none of it was bad. And that's, and so the, what the worst part of it was that they actually have a section on slavery and the founding fathers the way, (laughs) (laughs) so the way they actually, they, there, there was some sample pages that leaked. That's the problem. They had some sample pages available Mm. and, 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 this particular sample page, I never found it on the website, but somebody had a- obtained a copy of the curriculum and sent it to some black homeschoolers and said, look at this, especially because a lot of these black homeschoolers were users of the good and the beautiful. And they come in contact with this page that basically says that slavery was not anybody's fault, that the founding fathers had no choice but to enslave because they were born into slavery as far as like uh, born into a, a a time period where slavery was so normalized that nobody thought it was morally wrong. So nobody ever questioned it and that it was just, everyone was enslaved. In fact, it was a radical new idea. It was just to a be period of time. It was just a period of time. And it was a radical idea to even consider freeing slaves at that point. Mm. Um, or I should say enslaved people, excuse me. Um, so is there some truth to that? Yeah, there's truth to that. We know that that other nations did enslave human beings. We know that. The but issue to talk is talk about it in a normalized manner. Excuse me. Like, well, there's there. Yes, yeah. there's there's that. There is there's no mention of the brutality of the slavery that existed in America. There's no there's no mention. They 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 mention the transatlantic slave trade like it's just a slice of bread, whereas a, the transatlantic slave trade was the most brutal the most terrifying, the most traumatic, the most deadly slave trade in history. There, the slavery that existed in America is not like any other slavery that existed anywhere else. It is not the same kind of slavery. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, it's false. It's completely false. And then they said that 
we have to be so thankful for the founding fathers who, based on their Christian ideals, began to think about freedom for all people and radically changed slavery for all and ended it because they were Christian. They literally well, we had said, a whole entire war because people didn't want to end slavery. But, you know, that's fine. We can leave that part out. Right. It, it, they left <laughs> everything out. And while there may have been Christian abolitionists, they were also more Christians who were proponents of slavery, who were benefiting from their chattel, who were benefiting economically, who believed that their duty was to enslave Black people and to preach to them the slave Bible and make them feel like that, you know, their duty as that, that the whole reason why God even created them was to be slaves. Like that was the, that was the gospel they were preaching. That's it's, it's, it was terrible. It was, it was disgusting. It was disgusting to, to look at this. Um, so I wrote a post and I called them out and I, I noticed they turned off their, I noticed they turned off. Here's the thing. I feel like as a company, if I know that so many people buy my whatever, whatever product it is, right. And I notice an entire community of people that are hurting from something that I posted or something that I said, I know with like school curriculum, obviously it's not that easy to just like, okay, we take it down, but they turned off their comments and their notification on that post specifically about the con the, the constitution um, curriculum that they were coming out with. Mm-hmm. And I just found it so symbolic of, of just white supremacy in general, Yeah, how it kind of just silences our voices and goes on as if nothing's happening. And so I don't, you had me fired up. I don't even homeschool, but I mean, I was ready to dismantle whatever systems need to be dismantled after your post. But no, I think you should maybe link that specific. I will. Post I was just the thinking the same. We have right. We're, we're right here because I will. Right I will here. link the specific post because I wrote it. I wrote about it better than I can speak it because I am a writer at heart. Um, and um, and yeah, so I will definitely link that for you guys to go read. Um. But it, it, it brought to light so many things. It was another way in which just feel stabbed in the back by, yeah, like, we're going to do another episode on Christianity oh, and yeah. the hypocrisy of white, Christian, white American Christianity and racism, because I can't not get emotional when I talk about right. that. I can't not, because I'm, right. I'm a believer and I... Am somebody who just blindly accepted American Christianity as doctrine mm. and assumed and looked at every single, I, I looked at sunlight curriculum. I looked at the good and the beautiful. I looked at my father's I The only reason why I actually never chose any of those curriculums because I've only been homeschooling for the past year. Good and the Beautiful was the Mormon situation, but the rest of them were just, they all started at like first grade or kindergarten. I just wasn't there yet. But I had literally saved them. Mental note, come back to this. Great, Christian curriculum, awesome. But I think the bad thing is, you know, you're not the only one who has blindly just accepted. Oh, absolutely. You know, the hit even just the history bringing it back to like critical race theory Mm -hmm. even just like blindly accepting that like so many of us like we went through schools we were taught we believed what we were taught we're having to unlearn as adults yes that's most not most all of the history that we were taught was whitewashed you know and so I I think that being able to put anti-racist because I don't I I don't necessarily want to say critical race theory um, education because I feel like that's so complex but being able to put anti-racist education into the school system would have been an opportunity for our kids not to have to have that extra layer of work that we're having to do to unlearn everything because at least they're learning some thing you know something correct Um, but you know here we are we're fighting it I, I don't think children this year, probably next year, who oh, knows the year it's after. Gonna, it's going to be generations. After, it's right. going to be, it's going to be generations. I was just thinking that it's, it's honestly not until at least our children are in positions of power, at least generation alpha Jeez. is in positions of power that I actually think real systemic change is going to happen because we have, we still have people of the um 
what is that generation of four baby boomers? Um, the silent generation, which is all the way up until 45, 1945, not all the way, but it's like 1920 something to 1945. Mm-hmm. So that generation, like that, that would be Joe Biden's generation, President Biden. That That's would be true. his generation. He's, they're, he's still in uh, of power. they're still in positions of power. Right after that is baby boomers. Of course, we know they're in positions of power. And then, of course, after that is Generation X. Generation X is still very racist, right? Yeah. After Generation X, then we have the millennials. And we're just now coming up. And we're just, we're the ones that are the first ones, really, that are starting to say. To shake the table. Can we not? Right. Right? And we have three generations of people before us that are still here, still in power, that are fighting us at everything we're trying to do. So it's not until those generations are completely X out of the situation. And even so we have to remember that still even people in those generations that are still oh, yeah. very, very racist are still raising children. They're still, there's, I mean, look at the people well, on our age, 50, on Instagram. right? Our <laughs> age. Exactly. I was going to say millennials are still very racist. Half yeah. of the millennials are racist. And they're raising racist children. And they're raising racist children. Exactly. That's my frustration. Cause I'm like, how can I cut the cycle if you're raising racist children? You know what I mean? Because like, yes, my kid can make the difference. And yes, I feel like as a whole, we're raising, we're raising more anti-racist children than we ever have. Right. So there's the difference. But then mm-hmm. racism always finds a way to conquer. And so I just feel like that kind of cancels out. You know, if I have 20 anti-racist children and 10 racist children, I still feel like racism wins, you know? Hmm. So I don't, yeah, it, you're, you're, you're not wrong about that. I mean, it really, it, it's, especially with the way our democracy has been created. It's not until we have not just a slight majority, but an overwhelming Whelming. majority. Right. And that overwhelming majority has to be at least 80%, at least 80% of people so in positions of power that are actively anti-racist for things to change. Um, so unfortunately I don't, I, I, I hate to say it, but I know that our children are going to be fighting the same battle and, it, in I honestly already feel like it's kind of a failure, right? Like I I just got really choked up there because I'm like, well, crap. Why am I doing this? Because ah, uh, but it but it's remembering that it's to lay the groundwork. Sl- we're we're the laying the groundwork exactly. We're laying the foundation, and we're laying you know a few layers of bricks down, and they'll come and they'll layer a few more bricks, and they'll they'll get more bricks than we did. If we that. get ten, if we get twenty bricks, they'll be able to lay thirty, and then the next generation will be able to lay forty, and hopefully at some point we won't see the work that's being done in our lifetime. Just like in biblically speaking, you know, Abraham never saw his his full promise that he was promised. Right. He was promised descendants as numerous as the stars, and he saw his one descendant, right? Or did he ever have another child? Oh, why can't I remember my Bible stories, y'all? I can't remember. Oh, there was yes, because he had. He had because he had. He did because he had. He had no. Um, he had um his son, his son by his wife, but he also had you know, um, what's his name? Because he because he he cheated on on his wife Sarah with his little mistress because they thought <laughs> you ain't gonna have. I ain't gonna have no baby because my womb is dry. So go sleep with her, and you have that baby over there. He had two sons. I just, for some reason, because it's 10 o'clock at night, I'm forgetting (laughs) the guy's name right now. But he had two sons by two different baby mamas. And, but that was all he saw, you know. That's true. He didn't see his full promise. That's true. He didn't see his full promise. None of us ever do. When we are working towards our calling, we're never going to see the full promise. We're only going to, we're just, it's, we're just, we're one piece of the puzzle. And we have to. You guys remember that. The people like the ones who feel weary, the ones who feel like, why are we doing this? You know, the white folks who feel like they are fighting an uphill battle because you are, uh, you know, constantly having to, you know, beat into your family members and your friends' heads about, you know, just the ways in which they benefit from white supremacy or why they have to constantly um, be working towards allyship. Just remember that it's it's a constant battle, and you may never ever see. Hmm. the fruits of your labor but hmm. it's worth it in the end but the fruit Ooh, will grow like the fruit will grow listen that was a that was a bit of a word I feel like we need to close out on that one <laughs> that's good that's good um so yeah y'all we we appreciate you guys being here um of course we'll have show notes for you for um the things that we mentioned in two days episode um one thing I will close out though is you know be if if you are getting ready to if you're you know not getting ready to but your kids are probably already started school 
Um, this episode is scheduled to air the day after Labor Day. So essentially it's either you guys' first day of school or you guys already started school. Um, but be proactive in asking your teachers, not in like an attacking way, but just asking like, what is the curriculum? What is the education? What kind of literature, not even just in history, what kind of literature are you guys using? Are you guys, are, do you guys have inclusive pictures in the books that you guys are reading? Do you guys have inclusive worksheets? Do you guys have, you know, what, um, what are the kinds of questions that kids are being asked in science? Are you guys asking them to do a, a family tree here? Here's some, here's some, um, literature on why family trees are really traumatizing for kids of like kids that you know could be of yeah. you know of backgrounds that are displaced like there's so the anti-racism is in in, in inclusivity is not and just everything. about you know even people of color it's it's so much more than that and we can make small change in our local communities by having these conversations with kids with excuse me with our with their teachers by showing lovingly them lovingly of course and graciously but having them suggesting some things etc and of course knowing that you're going to have to fill in the gaps at home too mm, for sure and and making sure you it does not stop at school we cannot put there was a full responsibility on our teachers to raise our children it's our job to raise our children mm. it's our job to raise them and it's our job to educate them whether you're a home educator or not it's still your job to educate your children you're educating them every single day so when you do have your kids at the dinner table, at snack time, when they're watching TV, what you guys are doing on the weekends, that is your time to be as inclusive and anti-racist as possible so that you know that when they are at school, they're going to be the ones leading those conversations. When they're, when, when they're having classroom discussions and they see something that ain't right, they can raise their hand and say, ah, mm, I want to talk about this. Right. You know, right. That's, that's, how, that's how the best education happens anyway. And our kids are so smart. Our kids are so, so, so smart. So we can definitely still make a difference, even if it's Give not happening the tools, in the uh, happening in the uh, in the policy right now. So, yeah, well, that's, that's good. That's good. So we're going to close on that note and we hope that you guys um, enjoyed your holiday and that you guys um, will go check out our Patreon. We'll leave that in the show notes as well. And you guys have a good one. Yeah. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Black Girl Voices podcast. If you loved today's episode, we would love it for you to leave us a five-star review. If you would like to support our work, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash blackgirlvoices or head to our show notes for the link. Lastly, we would love to hear from you. Come follow us on Instagram at blackgirlvoices and say hello. Remember, you are heard, you are seen, and you are loved. Your voice matters. You matter. See you next time.